You know the, the, the scripture that kids memorize really easy is Jesus wept, right? It's just two words. Um, but I think the reason Jesus wept wasn't because his friend died, because he, he was going to bring him back. But I think he wept because death wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> yes. I think all these prayer requests that we're talking about hurt. And, and rightfully so. The song we were singing talked about um, God was kind of hidden in humanity. And he's, he's, he's created us in his image. And there is a, there's a very uh, genuine desire for us not to be separated by death. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, the good news is that we don't have to be, <laughs> not for long anyway. And that, that, um, that when we pray these kingdom prayers like this, we're, we're just agreeing with what heaven is already realizing, what heaven is already like. There is no pain. There's no cancer. There's no hurt. All these things are already come to fruition in heaven in their fullness. And so when we pray these things on earth, we are praying on earth as they are in heaven. It's the way Jesus told us to pray. And so don't lack in confidence when things don't necessarily go the way you think they should. And I want to encourage you in that because I had a hard time with it there for a while. Um, we have seen absolute miraculous things. We've seen the dead raised. We've seen the, the lame walk. <laughs> like, not heard stories. We've seen it. We've seen reconciliation. We've seen families come together. We have seen uh, marriages restored. We've seen lots of miraculous things. And in, a, in, in all those, we have seen people that were enemies of God become friends of God. And that's an amazing thing. So please don't, don't be discouraged um, if God doesn't answer the, your prayers in the way that you think he should because he's doing something. I, I promise you he is working. He is working. I promise you. All right. <clears throat> it's hard to transition sometimes. Um, as a pastor I feel pressure every Christmas and I tell you guys this every Christmas to perform a bit you guys have taught me not to apologize to be myself so I wore my t-shirt I went in my wardrobe and I looked at all my fancy shirts all three of them (coughs) and I looked at all my awesome t-shirts I picked my favorite one and uh, this is just me this is just who I am and I felt like why should I be any different on this day than any other day um, and so in doing so, it, 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 not intentionally, it went along with what I wanted to teach about. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys a question before we get started, and you can speak out if you want to. We're just going to kind of talk about it in the beginning, and then I'll get kind of what I want to talk about. But um, what, and there's, there's kind of some debate about this, but what do you guys think Jesus looks like as far as description goes? What would you say Jesus looks like? Long hair, okay. What else? Do what? Darker skin? Okay. Eyes of fire? Not blue eyes? Come on. That's American Jesus. <laughs> Swedish. Swedish Jesus. Jesus. All right. Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of debate about what Jesus looks like, and people will argue it and talk about it, and I see it all the time, and I've done a little study on it, but. But that's not necessarily what I want to talk about specifically. But I, I want to kind of tackle this thing. What, you know, what does Jesus look like? And um, there was a, uh, well, before I get into that, let's, I want to get into the scripture. And I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. It's going to be a little more expository. We're going to run through just basic scriptures. And I'm going to kind of pull them apart. Um, and I don't always do this, but the Lord's really leading me to do this f- for this. And it's funny that they picked that song. We don't, like, get together on these songs at all. Like, they just come up and they'll tell me in the morning, they're like, hey, we're going to do these songs. I'll be like, that's great. 
And, but it's cool how they always just line up, how the Holy Spirit just lines those up. And so even that last one just goes right along with this. But we're going to be in John 1. We're starting 1-1 one, one and go all the way through to, uh, I think, to 17. Yeah. And uh, so we'll just dive right into it. Uh, John 1-1 one, one says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. <laughs> Man, in him was life. And that life was in the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Listen to the, the past tense here. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. He's talking about John. The true light... Uh, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came, to, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, God with us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified, verse 15, John testified concerning Him. He cried out saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. That's a loaded statement right there. He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. He's calling out the deity of Christ. Verse 16, out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Wow. <laughs> Let's break this down. I'm going I'm to go kind of piece by piece here, and then we're going to talk about it. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus was the Word. Jesus was from the beginning. The Word was with God. Jesus was with God. That's why John said, the one that comes after me came before me. That's why he surpasses me. He's saying, listen, this guy is the real deal. This is who you're looking for. This is the Messiah. Um, God's heart for you hasn't changed since he created you in his image. God is a loving Father, and he sent himself to demonstrate his love for us. Now, if we jump back real quick to verse 14, at the very end it says, uh, we have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, the Father is full of grace and truth. The, the, the key to understanding the Son is understanding the Father. Uh, a great misconception in the church is that God's angry and Jesus made him happy. God sent Jesus. <laughs> it wasn't a surprise to him like, oh, Jesus, you ruined my plan to smite all these people. But that's how we've treated him, right? We've treated him like the Godfather, and, and Jesus came in and, and, and made it okay when it was God's plan from the beginning for this to happen. This was God's heart. He was full of grace and truth from the beginning. Um, uh, verse 3, it says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Say that with me. In him was life. Life. <laughs> and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. 
Listen, in him was life. Death and darkness could not overcome it. Jesus didn't die just to take away your sins, but to give you life and an abundant life right now. The, the two sides to the salvation coin, the whole point of our being born again is that Jesus forgives our sins, and, and I think we all are, are very open to that to an extent, and we all have different versions of that, however we were raised and, and the backgrounds that we come from in church. But the other half is the part that I think we neglect and is the life that he brought. We can't, we can't neglect the most important part. He's giving you life right now. Verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Why didn't the world recognize him, and why didn't his own receive him? Does anybody know? Why didn't they recognize him? Even we kind of have an idea of what he looked like. He had long hair, right? He had sandals. They were looking for something different, right? This is where I want to hang out. I want to go a little bit further, but I want to hang out here for a little bit. The world didn't recognize him because he, the world didn't recognize him, and then his own people, which were his chosen people, didn't, didn't receive him. The reason they didn't, even in that time, they were looking for a king. They were looking for someone to come in on a stallion. We've talked about it here before with a sword to, to make God's chosen people the superpower on earth again. He wanted, he, they wanted a physical king. They wanted a king of, of this realm to come in and defeat what they thought were their enemies. This is why they didn't recognize him. Now, it wasn't the way he looked necessarily, even though he came as a baby. Um, and, and just if you could just wrap your mind around that for a moment, that that God came as a baby. <laughs> and he grew up like we grow up. And he, he learned things and he was tempted like we're tempted. Um, and he saw things that we see and he heard things that we hear. Um, and he functioned within our, uh, our realm. He functioned on earth. God, walking around as human, functioned on earth. I mean, that's just mind-blowing in and of itself. Now, in doing so, uh, he, he turned our idea of what a king is and, and what a king looks like on its head. He, instead of cutting people's ears off with swords, he healed people. Instead of uh, casting out people who were demon-possessed or had leprosy, he would go to them and touch them, and they were healed. He wasn't made sick. His, his kingdom invaded their kingdom. It wasn't the other way around. But here's how he did it. He did it by serving people. He ate with sinners. He sat down and ate with Pharisees. He taught both. He didn't treat people differently by their social status, by, um, by their abilities, by their lack of abilities. He treated ignorant people as though they were smart. <laughs> he treated smart people as though they were ignorant. I mean, he did. He treated people all, all the same. He put, he put us all on a level playing field here, and here's why. Because he came, he came to defeat your real enemy. Our real enemies were sin and death. That, were our real, that was our real enemies. They didn't see it, but that's what he came to do. And so how, how do we recognize a king that doesn't look like a king? Let's fast forward to today. How do we see Jesus today? Anybody? Victorious king? But how do we recognize him? How do we recognize him in today's world? In America, in West Mobile? Not just at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Sorry, had to throw that out there. All right, I'm going to let y'all think about that a minute. Let's go on to verse 12. We're going to come back to it, but, but keep thinking about that. How do we recognize Christ today? 
Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human, human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Listen, that's the greatest miracle ever, <laughs> that we could be called sons and daughters of God, righteous and holy through him. Listen, the veil was torn. <laughs> the whole old covenant system of the Holy of Holies, the inner courts, the outer courts, all of that was just pushed aside to now we have access to the Father. We can, we can have communion with the Father now. Listen, if, if Christ came, <laughs> if Christ came and did all the things that he did as God and only God, then we could stand back as spectators and go, that's amazing. That is awesome. I, I'm happy to just see this stuff. But he didn't do that, did he? He came in human form so that we could see that, that God and humans can coexist again. That we, can, that, that we are compatible. Let that sink in. You are compatible with deity. <laughs> that's huge. I mean, out of this world huge. Because we weren't. <laughs> and, we sh- and for all purposes, we shouldn't be. So Jesus didn't do all this just, just to show us so that we could try to mimic him. And this is where religion kind of steps in and starts trying to, trying to paint parameters around what we're supposed to look like and how we're supposed to act. Good luck trying to mimic God. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this is, this is, religion will teach you to try to mimic something that is absolutely impossible to mimic. You can't mimic God. You have to have him. <laughs> you have to know him. We, we look at the scripture that talks about uh, when we stand before the Lord and he says, depart from me, I never knew you. We, don't, we, don't, we miss the part that we need to know him. <laughs> don't think about the depart part because we know him. It says, listen, all, perfect love casts out fear. He's made of love, and there's now no condemnation for the sons and daughters. If you're a son, if you're a son or daughter, there's no, 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 no condemnation. There is boldness that we bring to the throne. Why? Because now we have open communication with the Father. This is an absolute radical thought for us while we're still here on earth. We talk about this all the time. If, heaven, if dying and going to heaven is the goal, then why, what are we even doing here? We just... We need, to, we need to just die. <laughs> I mean, essentially, just die. If, if, if heaven after death is the goal, then we just need to die. But here's, here's what I see Scripture constantly, constantly uh, telling me, and Jesus constantly being frustrated with death. He, he was not about death. We should have never died ever. And now he, he brings an eternal perspective to a, a finite world. <laughs> and so when God comes in as man in Jesus, he says, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake the foundations of everything that you know about kings and kingdoms. I'm going to shake the foundations of everything you know about me and about God. God is Father. <laughs> God is Father, and I've come to show you how Father works. He serves and he loves. And he changes people's hearts from the inside out. How? How does he do it? It says, Jesus, knowing he had all authority on heaven and earth, washed his disciples' feet. He served the people that were around him. Knowing that his Father would supply every one of his needs. He didn't go into to houses, to sinners, to Pharisees, to all these places. He didn't go into these places expecting something from them. He went in there knowing that he had something to offer. We, we want to know what Jesus looks like today. We have to go all the way back to Genesis. The first message I preached here uh, was when I was still a youth pastor. Some of you may have been here. And I talked about the word uh, icon. It's where we get the word icon. 
and it's the word image. We're image bearers from the very beginning. God created us in his image. The word image in the Greek, the icon, is not physical characteristics, long hair, blue eyes, dark skin, brown eyes, whatever. Icon is, is the very character of God. God created every one of you in this, in this room, every, everyone. He created everyone in his image with his character. We kind of screwed that thing up. <laughs> but he created you in his image from the very beginning. That's his heart. When Christ reconciled us, you are now back in his image again. You're, the, character, the very characteristics of God, the icon, the image, should be permeating your physical body all the time. Listen, not only have we seen this happen, I've heard several stories even outside of people that I know, and many of you have heard as well, when people walk into a room and the atmosphere changes, they don't say a word. Listen, you hear stories of people and their shadows falling on people and they're healed, and they don't say a word. This isn't a formula. Hear me. This is a reality that we operate from, and I believe truly, and, we, and, and like I said, this isn't just, just knowledge or just experience, it's both and. I have, I have seen it in Scripture, and I've witnessed it in life. There is a, an, uh, an amazing manifestation of the Holy Spirit in people that you can, and I've seen it in many people, and even stronger in certain people. Many of you have heard the stories that I've told about um, the guy on the youth trip that, that had Down syndrome that came and prayed for me, man, I, I swear I saw the face of God in that young man. It was amazing. There are, are times when I've seen people walk down an aisle and people will begin to stumble <laughs> and fall. And I'm not just talking about, you know, Benny Hinn running around knocking people down. I'm talking about genuine, <laughs> sorry. I'm talking about, and I'm not saying that the Lord can use all, this, all these things, but I have seen, I've seen people walk into a room and completely change the atmosphere and, and affect people around them without speaking a word. I've heard people speak and change atmospheres. Listen, the Holy Spirit goes. We've learned this over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit goes with your words. When you speak, the Holy Spirit goes with it. Your words carry power. That's how the, the scriptures constantly tell us about it. Be careful with your tongue. Man, you, you can change things with the way that you speak to people. Uh, Bill Johnson said one time that we, a lot of uh, quote-unquote Christians will spend time condemning places like San Diego and New Orleans, saying, well, that's why the hurricanes came, and that's why they have earthquakes. And uh, Bill Johnson made a pretty radical statement that, and he didn't say, like, this is what's happening. He said, what if? And I love that what if. He said, what if it's us that are condemning those places? It's, it's the men and women of God condemning places instead of reaching out to them to try to help and save. When Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn this world, but to save it. I didn't come to bring judgment. I came to bring salvation. And that blew my mind when he said that. I was like, whoa. Because it's, we are the ones that carry the Holy Spirit. We're the ones that, that give blessings and cursings. We're the ones that carry that. Verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is God with us, Emmanuel. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one, the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and completed the law's requirements so that we could have access to the Father. Jesus proved that God and man could dwell together again. This was God's heart from the beginning. He walked with us in the cool of the day before, and he wants to walk with you in the cool of the day right now. That his heart has not changed for us. 
This is the heart of God expressed in human form in Jesus. <clears throat> Verse 17, for the, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Grace and truth are together in this. This is something uh, a lot of people that try to attack grace are like, well, yeah, you need grace, but you also need truth. These are going in the same direction. <laughs> They're not opposed. It says the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Christ. If you say, well, well, it's not, you can't believe in all that grace stuff. Well, you're saying you can't believe in all that Jesus stuff <laughs> because Jesus was, came with grace and truth. Grace and truth are together. Uh, the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. There's no balance. There's, there's no either or. It's both and. Grace is truth. There is no other truth that we can rest on besides grace. And grace is in Christ and Christ is grace. We're going to skip down real quick and, and try to wrap up here. Um, John one twenty nine says, this is when, when uh, John saw Jesus coming. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus is the Lamb of God. We, we want to look at, at what Jesus looks like today. Melissa pretty much said it. and We didn't plan that. She just knew. She just knew the answer. Christ looks like us. And we look like him. I mean, as simple as that, Christ created us in his image. Now, I'm not talking about two ears, a nose, and two eyes. I'm talking about the very characteristics of Christ. Walking, talking, temples, moving around and changing atmospheres and bringing the kingdom to, to earth. How do we do it? All on him. Something I learned when we were, uh, for Dan and Devin's ceremony, actually. We were talking about what we were going to talk about, and there are all these things that, that the Bible tells us about love. Love is patient, love is kind, all these things, and we go... Yes, man, I want to do that. I need to, I need to try harder to, to do all these things, to be kind and patient. And uh, I love when, when Dan and I were talking about it, it. That's not what he's saying. You don't carry the ability to do all those things. You need him to do those through you. You're not patient enough. You're not kind enough. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you're, you're simply not good enough. <laughs> but you were created to be. And not only were you created to be, but God made a way so that you can be currently, real time. Like, amongst your friends, amongst your family, you can be something that, that you were actually created to be. Just like Christ showed us that man and God could dwell together, the very icon, the very the, the image of God should come out of you in everything that you do. And it's not a working up to, it's a receiving and distributing. Do you need patience? Receive patience. Then give patience. Um, do you see that someone else needs love and they don't deserve it? Look to your father. Do you deserve it? No. My chair's squeaky. <laughs> I'm easily distracted. Do you, <laughs> do you squirrel? Yeah. Do you deserve love? No. Receive it and then give it to people that don't deserve it. Let me say that again. <laughs> Receive the love that you don't deserve and give it to people that don't deserve it. How can you do that? Do you open yourself up to be hurt? Anybody? Yeah. yeah. Where do you go when you're hurt? Go back to your source. He never said abide in people. He said abide in him. Pour yourself out to people. Because your source is him. I can say this all day long. <laughs> and if you take anything away from this, I hope that it's not 
just that I've given you good advice, um, but that you carry something greater than you know. And even, even tomorrow, it'll be even greater than you realized. And even the next day, you'll go, wow, it's even greater than I thought. And in every situation that you run into, you have a choice. You can, you can try to rest in your own understanding, your own ability to love and care for people. And, and you can, you'll fail, you'll fail. <laughs> At least a few times, if not many times, until you realize, I can't do this on my own. I need this Holy Spirit that has been given to me. I need it because it's, it's, it's the very source that I operate from. <clears throat> this is life. This is what Christ came and didn't just die for, but he rose and lived, and he lives on through us. It's, it's, it's a real, there's a real common phrase that we say, well, Christ died for me, so I need to, and there's, a, there's even a little thing, and I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes here, that says, you know, something to the effect of, are you living a life worth dying for kind of thing? That, that is a backwards way to think about it, because you can't, you can't. <laughs> you only have, you're either dead or alive. You know, you can't get any deader, you can't get any liver. And so if you're living a life that Christ died for, that is life. If you're not, then you're dead, spiritually speaking. Um, Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Most times people stop there. And that's true. That's very true. But let's go on. Romans 5.9 says, Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, verse 10, for if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more have we been reconciled? Shall we be saved through his life? How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. You have received reconciliation with the Father. What do you have to give people? Reconciliation with the Father. You have the greatest gift. If you could give anybody something this Christmas, give them reconciliation with the Father. It's the very thing that they need the most. It's the same thing that we need the most. So we look back at John 1, 1, 12. It says, All that receive him, those who believe in his name, he makes children of God. Children not born of natural descent, but born of God. You have been reconciled to God. You are sons and daughters of the Father. You can rest in that. You can rest knowing that your Father cares for you and He takes care of you. Think about all the things that, that Jesus had to go through, all the temptations He went through, just like we do. And it wasn't about bread or rocks or anything like that. All He was saying was, do you trust your Father? Are you really a son? He was questioning His identity. He was questioning the very image of God in man. And Jesus was saying, I don't have, I don't have to do all these things to prove myself to you. I know who I am. This is who you are. <laughs> you don't have to run around proving yourself that, that you've, you've done something great or you've got some, this is another thing, we've got to have some great platform to speak from and, and to minister to all these people. Listen, the greatest platform you have is, is your family and your friends that are around you. The greatest platform you have is a dinner table where you can, where you can sit down and, and, and commune with people and share your life with one another and share the, the life that God's blessed you with regardless of what's going on and pour your hearts, hearts out to one another and get to know each other better. Listen, the kingdom is brought through relationship. It is meant, the Holy Spirit is manifest in relationship. So the more relationships that you build and the more that you invest in, the more Christ is revealed through and in, in and through you. This is, this is fun. This is life. This isn't running around being scared, being frustrated. It's fun. It, it, can be, 
weird sometimes, but it's fun. It's always fun. <laughs> like every, <clears throat> every Sunday, I look forward to coming in here and, and hanging out with you guys. Every time we run into a situation that, that um, and, and I'm not saying that there's not hurt involved because there is hurt involved in, in relationships, but every time I see hurt in, 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 every time I see hurt in relationships, to me it opens up an opportunity to minister in those places. Because in places of hurt, you begin to reveal what's going on in other people's hearts and why people are dealing with the things that they're dealing with, not just the symptoms, right? People will try to hide uh, hurt with, try to mask it with whatever, lots of different things. I'm not going to try to call all those details out. But there are lots of different things that we try to mask all these things with. But when it, within the context of relationship, we can get past those things that try to mask those and see the real issues. Does that make sense? And in doing so, we to one another, begin to bring life. <laughs> and it's an amazing thing. All right, stand up with me. I finished early. No, wait, 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 don't stand up with me. Y'all have anything to say or questions? We have a couple minutes. Let's, let's hang out. Carol? Sometimes. Got the mic right there. Johnny on the spot. Sometimes the relationships are so valuable you don't mind going to war because sometimes it is war. Yeah. But it is worth that. And God, of course, is our champion. He stands in front of us with his weapons of peace and love and joy. All those wonderful fruits of the Spirit that are actually weapons in our yeah. warfare. And it is worth it. Yeah. And we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We fight in a spiritual realm. And that's we, we have to remember that you're not fighting people. You're not fighting people. You're not fighting people groups. You're not fighting ideas or, or theologies. You're not, you're not fighting things in a physical realm. The, the fight that we fight is a spiritual fight. Anybody else? Anybody, anybody, anybody? No? Come on. Going once. Going twice. Oh. Looking like Where's Waldo back there. It's <laughs> like Jingle Bells back here. Oh. <laughs> that was the first one. Okay. It's only because you're like hidden behind. I was just going to say earlier whenever you were talking about um, what people think, the reason why people didn't accept him as Jesus is because, you know, you're looking for something like magnificent. Yeah. And it's kind of like, kind of but not really like teaching kids about bad guys. Because they're like, the bad guy, because they watch cartoons and stuff like that, he's right. going to have a mask on. Right, right. And we're like, no, that's not what bad guys look like. Yeah. They're usually really nice, really good looking. Yeah. You know, really sweet. So yeah. that's what you have. You're like not a bad guy. guy. You're both of those things. You're not bad. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, I mean, it's kind of it's the complete opposite of what yeah. you're saying, but it's similar, you know, that yeah, you're, exactly you're looking right. for something that's like, but that's not. And, and I've it's seen just the, normal. Yeah, and I've seen the same thing as my kids, and we've talked about it before with some of the kids' bop stuff, that some of the music that we let them listen to, and they were just like, well, it takes all the cuss words out. And I'm like, well, it's not the cuss words that are the problem necessarily. It's what they're talking about. Yeah. And same thing with some of the, and I'm, I'm probably going to offend somebody, but forgive me and get used to it because I'm sure. But some of the Disney Channel stuff I don't let our kids watch, even though it seems okay. It's, to me, it's the kind of whiny, bratty stuff. I just don't want them to have that attitude. It's not that they're cussing or they're killing anybody or anything. It's just like the characteristics that I see, or I don't. I, I want our girls to have more, a little more character, if that makes any sense. Um, and so we have discussions like that. That some of the stuff can look okay on the surface. It's not necessarily bad, but I don't want you to carry those kind of characteristics into life and thinking that 
you know, this is, this is what life is like because that's not what life is like. So in the same way, yeah, bad guys don't always look like bad guys. And in the same way, Jesus didn't look like this magnificent Savior coming in on a stallion with a sword. He came in on a donkey with a healing hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's us. It's, <clears throat> we do the same thing today. Here's the interesting thing real quick. We do the same thing today that they did back then. We don't recognize them because we're looking for something miraculous all the time. When the miraculous is happening behind the scenes, there's miraculous things happening. But we're looking for them in the way that we, we think they should look. And there are things going on that sometimes either we're too impatient to wait for. And we, we've talked about this, and I don't want to get into details about stories. We've talked about where, where we were heartfelt. Where is God in this? In situations within our church family. How, where is God in this? This seems bad. All of this seems really bad. Where is God in this? And then we've discovered a year later, oh, there he was. He was there the whole time. He was working something, even though it didn't go the way that we thought it should, and we were hurt, and people involved were hurt. God was working in the background and making things happen. We've seen it. Yeah, I mean, this is the reality. Yeah. Well, there's, there's miracles and um, blessings happening every day. Oh, yeah. Every day, and we don't open our eyes to see them. Yeah. Because we don't believe, right. you know, and it's sad. Yeah, and that's the thing is when, <clears throat> when we tune in, I say tune in, when we make ourselves sensitive to the Holy Spirit, you, you will see things that have been there the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? You, there are things happening all the time. All you have to do is just kind of tune in. And you tune in and you go, okay, I can do this. I, I, can, I can operate from this place and I can do things that naturally I'm, I don't have the ability to do, but through the Holy Spirit I can do them now. And it's not always moving to Africa, even though you can move to Africa if he leads you to do that. But that's, that's where our mind goes. And we've got some awesome missionaries in here, and I, I'm glad the Lord has led you guys to that. And that's incredible. We have people that minister locally, and we do the same thing. It's both and, not either or. <laughs> we do all these things. But day to day, whether you're, you're in Honduras or whether you're here or you're in Westmobile or downtown or wherever you are, there are opportunities that are always around you to, to, to co-labor with Christ and minister to people. It's the reality that's, that's constantly going on. Wait, go over here. To follow up with that, uh, I had a Sunday school teacher. Um, one of the best things he ever said is God calls everybody to the ministry, but it's what ministry? Um, he says God needs ordained plumbers, ordained mechanics, whatever. Oh, yeah. um, so when you go to work, you know, the Bible says be a witness, not do a witness. Right. So when you go to work that... What you are, Jesus, like you said, uh, to those people. So when they see you, if you're complaining about your job, if you're always unhappy, when people see you, they see a whiny, unhappy Jesus. <laughs> so why are you looking at no, me when you no, say that? No pressure, no pressure. But when you go to work or to school, think about how you were portraying Jesus yeah. to those people. Yeah, and the, the great thing is. It, <laughs> The great thing about that is he gives us the ability to do it. You don't have to, you don't have to feel the pressure that, that you've got to do it all the time. He will, give you, he will give you the opportunities to do it, and he will give you the ability and the power to do it. Because if you just try to do it in your own strength, you'll be a whiny, <laughs> complaining Jesus. Don't be a whiny, complaining Jesus. Um, but, but the cool thing is, uh, <laughs> sorry, my mind goes. I've got lots of jokes. Okay. But the cool thing is when we... <laughs> When we operate from that, well, no, 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 you did, <laughs> you did, you done great, you done great. So here's the thing, 
I want to kind of follow up with that because I think there's something here. Don't don't over-church it. (laughs) If you're going to work on a car, work on a car. If you're going to hang out with somebody, hang out with them. You You don't have to make everything a Bible study. It's okay to have Bible studies. Study your Bible. But be careful not to not to paint a picture of what minister ministry looks like. It's not always in a church building. It's not always, you know, in a, in a circle, you know, with your legs crossed and the Bible open. Listen, all Jesus did was walk around everywhere. I mean, he was a walker. Uh, and he ministered to people at dinner tables. He ministered to people out on the street. He rubbed mud in people's eyes. Like, he did all kinds of different things. Don't paint a picture of what it looks like. I think he did it on purpose. He didn't do the same thing over and over again, so we'd be like, okay, write this down. Spit in his eye, and he will see. And you go around spitting in everybody's eye, right? That's not, that's not how it works. In, in, in the context of where you are and the people that you're ministering to, recognize the needs that they have, not the symptoms of what's going on in their lives, and don't react to those symptoms, right? So if you have somebody that struggles with, uh, I don't know, drugs or whatever, don't minister to the symptoms. Don't react to the symptoms, Find, build relationships, and then find what's going on under, underneath. There's something deeper going on. The symptom is, is revealed in an outward expression of that. So in the, the people that will boycott different things, I'm, I'm trying not to be too detailed because there's lots of different issues. People will boycott things, but they won't take somebody out to eat to get to know them so they can actually minister to them. They're just trying to fight a physical battle, and they'll lose every time. Or even if they win a little bit, they'll lose eventually because it's just going to be a repetitive thing because they haven't dealt with the real issue, the root of the problem. So when you minister to people, look, look to your source to give you something that you can't do on your own, and then look, look to the people that are hurting and struggling around you, and they're everywhere. You're, there's one right in front of you that's talking to you. We all hurt and struggle with different things. And minister in those areas, because where one's weak, one's strong. Where, where one's strong, there's another one that's weak. And, we, and we, have to, we have to build each other up that way. That's why there's blessings that come out of our mouths, and we, and we build each other up in those places. So anyway, yes. You're not sorry. Say it again. Say sorry one more time. You're an angry elf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I did it. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, I love you. Do it again. Dang it. Oh. All right. Um, I wasn't going to share this one. I'm going to. Um, uh, because one thing I have found is some of the people that are the hardest to minister to, and when I say minister, we have this picture of whatever that's supposed to look like to love are, are like our immediate family and a lot of times even if they have a need we might over if we might know that they have a need but we're like oh I don't want to pray for them because you know whatever um but uh, uh Sunday night at the party uh I was barefoot and walking across the carpet to just go hug somebody and I slipped and fell and did a split and when you do a split and you're 20 that's one thing but when you do a split and you're 51 that's another thing and so I got up, and I was embarrassed, but whatever. Um, and, uh, but the next day, I had a lot of trouble moving, a lot of trouble moving. And uh, I was in the bed. And then Tuesday, I had to get up and go do something. And uh, I went back home, and I was flat on my back for seven hours. And the pain, my, I couldn't hardly walk because my hips were hurting too. And I already needed two new discs in my lower back, so it just didn't help. And I was taking prescription meds and all that kind of stuff, and Daniel and Lauren had come over to just pick something up or drop something off. I don't know. And I was just sitting there, and, uh, and Daniel said, Hey, Mom, he said, What's up? And I said, Well, I'm not okay. You know, and I told him what had happened. 
And uh, he called Lauren. He said, hey, Lauren, come over here. Let's pray for mom. And, um, and they prayed for me, you know. But as soon as they prayed for me, you know, you don't always feel things, but I did. I felt a warm blanket just come over me. And by the time they left, I was able to touch my toes. Wow. And, and the next day, um, I got up and I was just singing in the house because I was walking around and no pain. I woke up with no pain. That That's was awesome. amazing. <laughs> and then I went to get in the car and I was on my way to teach. And I felt a tinge of, of pain like on my, my lower right side. And, um, and then eventually it went away. And uh, so during my piano lesson, Daniel's trying to call me, and I just don't answer the phone during my lesson. And, and I, I text him. I said, sorry, teaching. And uh, I called him back later, and he said, hey, he said, I was in the kitchen doing something, and I turned around, and I got a tinge in my lower right back, back side. And I, and I thought, mom's having or something like that. I said, in your back. He said, he said, I think it's mom's back. And so he just, he just said a simple prayer. But it was at, I believe it was at the same moment in time when I felt yeah. the, twi- the twinge in my right side. And it got better. But I want to tell you, my back is great. That's awesome. But, my, but all that to say, if there are people in your family that are in need, even a simple prayer, like even if they just need encouragement or they're going through a tough time with a spouse or there's a relationship issue, don't neglect the needs of your own family. Because in the book of Isaiah, it talks about that. It's like, I'm not talking about you starving yourself and having another fast. I'm right. talking about you loosening the bonds of wickedness and letting people go free. And it says, and not neglecting the needs of your own family. Yeah. And let me, <clears throat> let me reiterate that, and then we'll wrap up with this. Be careful with holding affection from people. That can be as damaging as, as just being mean to people. We, we have a tendency, and I've done it before, from a place of hurt, I will withhold affection from people because I'm hurt. Be careful with that because the Lord has given us love freely and we need to give it freely. And if, if you're withholding affection from a place of hurt, there, maybe for a season you need to let that heal a little bit, but you need to get back to a place where you're not withholding affection from people because um, the, people see it. It's not, you know, it may, you may not think that they see it, but people see it if you are not, if you avoid them in essence. Um, and especially this type of season, this time of season, it's sometimes it can be easy to do that, ignoring those that, that either get on your nerves or, or that, uh, that you just have hurt you in some way. Um, there's, there's gotta be a place of healing in Christ where you can begin to minister to those people because you may be the one that, that changes their perspective on, yeah, unconditional love. So stand up with me. Kids are about to bust up in here and take us over. And listen, also, man, I've had several times where my kids completely unprompted, kind of startled me, came up, and, you know, if I had a headache or something, come lay hands on me and begin to pray for me. I'm like, whoa. And, and every single time that they felt led to do that, it has absolutely worked. Um, and it's not a formula again, but it was just neat how the Lord was teaching me something through that. So don't, don't, uh, don't neglect to, to encourage your kids to do it too because they haven't been polluted with all, <laughs> all of the life or the stuff that we deal with in life. They just do it freely. So it's the same way that we should do it. Lord, make us like kids today. <laughs> Lord, I pray that we have joy when we leave this place. Um, Father, uh, just as we go and <clears throat> hang out with our families and friends and, and, and give gifts, Lord, thank you for the greatest gift you gave us. And uh, it was your son that, that you didn't withhold affection from us so we shouldn't have hold of, withhold affection from others. So, Lord, uh, thank you for going with us, that you've made us walking, talking temples um, of your Holy Spirit, that we may not be whiny, complaining Jesuses. In your name, amen. <laughs> Whiny, complaining Jesuses. <laughs> <laughs>